If you're not already a fan of Skidmark Show on all the social medias, Facebook, Instagram, and even our YouTube channel, make sure that you become a fan today. We will be emceeing Michelle Pioneering Performance Booth number 6005 from the SEMA Show in Las Vegas 2018. Live bands from Lee Rocker, Svet from America's Got Talent, and the Garage Boys with Aaron Hagar, plus freebies and celebrity interviews from Joey Logano, NHRA drivers Leah Pritchett, Antron Brown, Ron Capps, Matt Hagan, and more. Your favorite celebrity TV show personalities and car reveals all week long from the Jeff Allen Volvo and many more. Follow Skidmark Show now on our Facebook page, Instagram, and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel too. For digital links to everything Skidmark Show, go to skidmarkshow.com. Download us free on iTunes, SoundCloud, Podbean, CastBox, and anywhere you get your podcast. Skidmark Show, emceeing the pioneering performance booth live from SEMA in Las Vegas 2018 is coming at you soon. Welcome to another life-changing episode of Skidmark Show. If this episode doesn't automatically make you better looking and richer than you were yesterday, we will give you our next episode absolutely free. In fact, we'll give you all of our episodes for free because we're that good. Skidmark Show guarantees that for every episode you listen to, you'll be smarter than you were before, better looking than the ugliest person on your block, and we'll give you shinier, fuller hair too. Except for you, Jeff. That ship has sailed. Seriously, move on. So sit back and feel the awesome of Jeff Alan and Ethan D flow through your ears and into your soul because this is the best episode of Skidmark Show we've ever done. Powered by Pillow. Skidmark Show, it's Ethan D and Jeff Fallon. Thank you for joining us on another episode. And right now we are just days away, literally days away from making it out to Las Vegas for another SEMA show. And Jeff, this year you're doing like four builds for the SEMA show. Are you even anywhere close to done or are you just every morning eating that bowl of SEMA Crunch? I am all about the SEMA Crunch. I have two big bowls in the morning. I have two big bowls in the afternoon, and I like to use at least three or four bowls at night. Damn. <laughs> no, let me tell you something, but that's a good idea. Maybe we should market that SEMA Crunch cereal. But anyway, getting back to it. Uh, actually, I'm doing three builds for SEMA. We're taking four cars there. Thank goodness one was already done. You guys know the legendary GTR known as Tenzilla. I mean, she's wrapped, rocked, and ready to rock and roll. So that car's done, but we are, and you said days away, which really scares me because I know we're days away, and I really would prefer that we were months away, but uh, the cars are coming together. It's a, it's a slow and steady pace. Uh, if you would ask me about a week ago how I felt, I would have described it as Paula Abdul. I'm taking two steps forward, one step back yeah. every day. But, uh, you know, sometimes opposites attract. Oh, wait, that's another Paula Abdul thing. But uh, things are kind of coming together. The Mercedes... We're 99% there. The Forerunner, we're about 80% there. And the Volvo, we're going to give it a strong 70%. So you've got so, uh, three vehicles that we're going to do reveals on uh, during the week at SEMA. Two of them are AutoNation, and one of them is the Flat 12 Volvo. So take us through the, the AutoNation builds because you got a Mercedes and a Toyota Forerunner. What, uh, what do you have in line for those? Well, you know, last year we showed up with an uh, auto gear equipped uh, F-150, and we kind of, I think, blew the world away with what you could do in 42 days building a truck that just makes this statement. And so we wanted to really build off of that momentum, and that's why we decided to do the Toyota 4Runner this year. So we took a 2018 Toyota 4Runner SR5, and we believe we've taken it to the next level. Not only in the auto gear products that are on the vehicle, from the tires and the wheels to the running boards to the roof rack 
to these one-off prototype front and rear bumpers that we had made, to all the lights and the K&N setup and the Magnaflow exhaust setup, all that stuff aside, we also stepped it up by bringing in a well-known local graffiti artist to literally spray paint this forerunner. And I want everybody to realize what I'm saying right now. He literally spray-painted this forerunner. Oh, so like last that, time you had the uh, the Sharpie artist, and this time it's a spray-paint graffiti artist. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, spray can. And no, I, Ethan, when you see this thing, you're not going to believe it. You're going to say this guy stenciled it. He drew it. I'm telling you, I have video footage that we're going to be putting out shortly here. And you're going to see this guy start with a blank canvas of a white 2018 Auto Gear Auto Nation 4Runner. And he literally sits back there and you watch every stroke with the paint, the spray cans, though. And not a brush, spray cans. And these faces come to life and they're so realistic and they're so vibrant. They're so deep. It is mind blowing. So when you see this 4Runner, it's like a beacon of hope and strength. And it's everything that Auto Nation stands for with Drive Pink. And also, I think it's also about unity. Looking around and saying, man, there's slick hate in the world. Look at us. We're all just one human race. Let's all get along. And I think this Forerunner is a big beacon for that. So I can't wait for you to see it because everybody that's seen it so far, which has already had to sign like an NDA when they walk in because they can't take pictures and all that and we take their phones away from them. But uh, everybody that's seen it thinks it's a wrap. Oh, it's that clean. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it was unbelievable to watch this graffiti artist take a brand new forerunner and in five days turn it into a work of art. So for those of you that may not be able to make it to Vegas for the SEMA show, which is a lot of people out there because, you know, you got to kind of be uh, a part of the, the crowd for SEMA. Watch our social media because we're going to have videos of the reveal and pictures of it when we launch it here over the Halloween week from Vegas. Yes, and now we're stepping into number two because, uh, oh, <laughs> go, stepping into number two. Wow, wow. <laughs> well, anyway, you know, I, <laughs> nicely done. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. But anyway, <laughs> I'm going to step out at number two. Thank you. So, uh, Auto Nation. Actually, when I sat down with them, they said, you know, we want to step it up a notch this year, and we don't want to just do one build, but we want to do two. And so the second build, because, you know, AutoNation, out of 270 dealers, a lot of those dealerships are high-end vehicles, Mercedes, Audi, Porsche, BMW. So they wanted to accessorize and show all the auto gear products that are available for their luxury models. So we decided to set out and do a Mercedes C300. And I got to tell you something. The Forerunner is mind-blowing, but this Mercedes is on kill. Wait till you see what we did with this Mercedes. We tried to create the ultimate cars and coffee car. The car that rolls up, gets everybody's attention, and everybody wants to know where it's from. We built it, I, I want to say like a rally-style theme. We took all the elements of the cars that we like and the things that we do, and we try to incorporate those in every aspect of this car. So this car is a wide body. It's got killer wheels and tires, Magnaflow exhaust. It's got a Rhino uh, luggage carrier on the top of it, one of those aerodynamic ones. Ooh. And the car is wrapped like no other car's ever been wrapped before. When you look at this car, you're going to say, oh, what are you talking about? I've seen many cars 
wrapped in this like geometric type of camouflage. Negative, Ghost Rider. This car is not a complete wrap. What it is, is every quarter inch of black that you see the seams between the three different textures of wrap, that's actually the paint of the car. So it looks like a cracked egg. Oh. Yes. Each piece was hand cut and placed on the car. And then on top of it, we didn't just go with one style of wrap. We're using three. So we've got a textured new wrap from 3M. It's killer. We're using uh, a metallic black wrap for sections of it. And I think a lot of people will think that's actually the color of the car. And it's not. The car's actually just gloss black. And then the third one, which was Meg's idea, was to come up with um, a way to show that open road feeling. So what we did was we actually took Google Maps images of surrounding AutoNation dealerships and the freeways and byways to get to AutoNation dealerships. And that's what we've used in that section of wrap. So you'll see these highways and byways in these different little chunks and pieces throughout it. And uh, it just kind of goes with that whole open road feel. Now, when you say it's a cars and coffee kind of car, you're not going to um, accidentally spin out and do donuts and wreck it on a curb when you load it up, are you? No, it's too beautiful for that. Okay. just I am, I am concerned that somebody might. Right. That's a cars and coffee move. Yeah, it is a car. It actually usually uh, belongs to most Mustang owners. Yeah. But a few, a few Corvette owners have done it, too. And actually, I know a couple of Viper owners that have done it. Oh, so. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of open season for that. Uh, no, the Mercedes is real classy. When you see this car, it exudes, I'm a baller. I've nice. arrived. It, it, it's just, it's unbelievable. You know, like, actually, when I looked at the car, I thought to myself, this car looks like the Dark Knight, and the Forerunner looks like the Joker. You know, it's kind of got that that little uh, yin and yang feel when you see the two next to each other. And all of this is coming your way the week of Halloween when we're live in Las Vegas from the SEMA show 2018. And we're going to have a whole bunch of stuff from on stage as well, a bunch of celebrity guests and interviews and even some live music out there, too. So the entire SEMA show is it's just about to explode and you're going to catch it all at Skidmark show because it's going to be insane. Yeah, because basically Skidmark show is taking over SEMA. Whoa! That's it, baby. You heard it first right here. So if you want to see everything that's going down pretty much almost live from Vegas during the SEMA show, you got to follow us on our Instagram and our Facebook page because we're going to be doing a lot of picture posts every day. We'll probably do some live videos from Vegas as well and a whole bunch of other craziness. Anytime anything pops up, a car reveal, a celebrity interview, we are going to be on top of it on Facebook and Instagram. And you're not going to want to miss one moment of the action. While Jeff is busy working his normal 9 to 5 Monday through Friday gig building cars, especially right now for SEMA coming up in Vegas, I've been busy doing my normal Monday 9 to 5 gig, which involves sometimes even interviewing really cool rock stars like Rich Robinson of the Black Crows, the brother of Chris Robinson, the lead singer. He's got a new band out called Magpie Salute, and we talked to him about the Black Crows, Magpie Salute, and apparently his thing with birds. And you can hear it right now on Skidmark Show. Hey, this is Rich. Rich Robinson from Magpie Salute. How are you, man? Pretty good. How are you? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for calling in today. I know you got a busy schedule. We appreciate the time, buddy. 
Absolutely. Thank you. Now, um, I read the little bio on you and the, and the band and everything, and so now I know what a bagpie salute is, although originally I thought, I don't know, were the guys sitting around drinking and came up with some new sex move. Uh, that's not what it is, so why don't you explain to everybody what a magpie salute is? Uh, well, when we were thinking about putting this together, and you know, the first thing that came up was calling it something, you know. And since there are, you know, me and Mark Ford and Spin, and at the time Eddie Harsh, and even Joe, my drummer, played percussion in the Crows for ten years. You know, the elephant in the room or the obviousness was that we all kind of a, a large portion of us came from the Black Crows. Uh, so, you know, I didn't want to, like, ignore that fact, but I didn't want it to be, you know, it would. I wanted it to be a little bit different. So the word magpie I've always been fascinated with. I just I find it, you know, a lot of things. That's just, you know, cool to me. So once I was looking at it, Animals have symbolism attached to them. In indigenous cultures, crows tend to be mysterious and dark and sort of can be ominous, and magpies seem to have a balance. You know, magpies can be black and white, and uh, they have uh, sort of more of a balanced symbolism that I liked with the, the light and the dark. So that was one thing. And then the second thing, when I was sort of researching it, you know, I'd heard about people saluting magpies in the UK and Australia and Canada, I mean, kind of all over. And the and it's, I think it stems from somewhere in like World War One, where people would salute a magpie to ward off, you know, a bad day, basically, to have a good day. And the way that they would salute a magpie is to say, good morning, Captain. And that's a Black Crow song. You know, you salute to say, we come in peace. And you know, and so on. So I thought all of these things were kind of pointing us into this direction. So, and, and the magpie is a cousin of a crow. So I thought, you know, we're loosely related. I mean, we're not we're loosely related. I mean, the crows was my band, but you know, we're we're related enough, but we're distant enough to kind of go off and do this new thing. So that's kind of fun. I mean, I didn't even uh, think about it. You know, black crows and magpies. You've got the bird connection there. Black crows. The name by itself could kind of be seen as sort of a, a dark thing, whereas Magpie Salute is this sort of like the yin to the Black Crow's yang in your musical life here? Exactly. Absolutely. Well, so there was a lot of, uh, you know, negative news that came out about the, uh, the Crows with you and your brother and stuff. Are you and the rest of the guys that are in Magpie Salute from the Crows, are you making a bunch of music that now is a, a more positive side of, of everything that you've wanted from your musical career? Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is like, you know, look, uh, the, the the Crows was a big part of my life. I, you know, the vast majority of that, you know, 98% of the, the music for the Black Crows I wrote, you know. Um, and uh, that has, you know, I'll always have respect for that and reverence. And, you know, the band was a great band. And my brother was is, was a great singer. And, and you know, so there was a lot of really positive elements about it, but as sort of all of these elements came in, egos grew bigger and, you know, success and all these things that kind of shift. And the, and the, the thing about it is that, you know, me, Sven and Mark in particular that directly remember being in the black crows. Uh, we have been really vigilant about not going down that road. You know, it's, it's a gift in the sense that we learned what not to do. Just say like, look, man, if you got a problem, we got to say it. We have to talk about it. We're not going to sit in the back lounge and be paranoid and bitch about each other. Let's just 
really talk about this. And and also there's a, a really cool element about, you know, Mark Ford and I always had this sort of deep musical connection from the first moment we played together. But the the relationship part of it didn't come until really this Magpie Salute started. Because, you know, Mark was Chris's friend when he came into the band and those two were sort of always together and, and partners in crime and all of these things. And there was a wedge that was, you know, deliberately sort of put between Mark and I. Um, and then also perpetuated by Mark and I. And now we're in this place that we see the, see clearly what that was. And now we can be, have this more whole relationship, which I think re- raises our ability to play together even better, you know, play and write and be in this band. And so there is definitely a Speaking with Rich Robinson, formerly of the Black Crows, with a new band, the Magpie Salute. And you've talked about so much of the Magpie Salute, also was in the Black Crows, and you were probably the main songwriter for the Black Crows. Are a lot of these Magpie Salute songs, are these tracks or riffs that you brought out at one point during Crow sessions and they were just shot down and you're like, oh, now we can explore it and we have freedom to do what we want with these riffs? Are these, Or is this all like a brand new thing and you cathartically got rid of the old stuff um well i mean in the crows you know i i chris and i wrote all the songs and that's just how it was so there was never like a you know kind of a it was just we brought what we brought to the to the table and whatever we felt worked for the crows worked you know with this band um this is all new stuff um you know because that was that that was then and this is now so for us, this is really cool because it's definitely a, a step forward. You know, um, when we got together, we started writing some at Soundchecks last year on tour, and then in January, I brought Mark and John to Nashville, and we just sat down and wrote for like ten days. And I and my only direction was like, let's just bring everything we have. You know, if you have a part, five years, two years, yesterday, I don't care what it is, but let's just kind of. See, because I believe that the songs will dictate where we go, you know. Absolutely. We had about 40, I had about 40 things. Mark had some things, you know, a bunch of stuff. John had some stuff. And we just threw it all on the table and just kind of picked it away and just like, okay, cool. We narrowed it down to about 35 songs. And then when we got into the studio, we recorded 29 songs in 21 days. Wow. That's I mean, that's really prolific. Most bands are lucky to get maybe an album's worth of stuff the first time go you go in. Obviously, you've lived your life writing music, so you're probably a lot quicker and easier at this than most people. But, I mean, that's still a lot of music for you guys to knock out and have sort of ready to rock. Yeah, I mean, you know, everyone's really excited about this and where it's going to go, and also pretty free in the sense of how we write and how we approach it, you know. Um, there's a, There's kind of a freedom in the way that we... You know, we're not really bogged down with trying to, to think about anything. We're not trying to fit stylistically anywhere. We just write the songs we write, you know. And then also having the new energy of having, you know, John come in and Mark and I write together and John and I and everyone. That kind of sparks another thing and another thing and another thing. So I think it's, uh, you know, that it's really all positive and um, we're very happy with it. High Water Eye, the album coming out August 10th. I was listening to the single uh, that was sent earlier, and I love the way that it's got sort of a dissonant verse and then a much more major key chorus. So you've got that 
happy um, happiness switch right there. It's, it's a fun, happy song coming uh, from you guys, and, and, I, and I love the track, man. It's really just, it, it puts you in a good mood. Excellent. Well, that's good to hear. Awesome, man. Thank you so much for calling in today. Rich Robinson from the Magpie Salute new album, High Water Eye. Thanks for calling in, Rich, man. Uh, love the new band, and thanks again for taking the time, buddy. Definitely. Thanks, man. Easily one of the premier car events every year is Pebble Beach, and Jeff Allen was there and got to speak to the folks at Infinity because they had a huge display out there, one of the greatest car brands at one of the greatest car shows, and that's this interview right now. Hey guys, it's Jeff Allen from Skidmark Show, and we are here at Pebble Beach on the grounds of the Infinity Grounds, actually, yes. for the inaugural Japanese Automotive Invitational. And I'm standing here with Phil O'Connor, the Director of Marketing for Infinity, and this beast behind us is the pro Prototype 9, which we're going to get to in just a minute. Phil, thank you so much for being well, on the show. It's my pleasure, Jeff. Thanks for being here. And thank you for putting on something like this. I think there's a lot of us car guys out here that have been waiting for this moment yeah. because there's a lot of Japanese automotive history out there and you have really done a great job of displaying that here today yeah it's uh, there's a lot of passion behind Japanese design behind, behind Japanese car culture and as infinity moves towards its 30th, 30th anniversary next year and obviously our brand is rooted in in Japanese design we thought what a great opportunity to celebrate it and um, so yeah we're here with uh, with a whole uh, a number of brands that have all been you know have historical significance in their own right yeah and you know it's interesting that you brought it right here I mean what a foreground for this because this has been heavily skewed for many years in the European market but yes. it's so cool that you guys have taken a stance and brought in something like this because uh, Infinity's doing wonders with their electronics in, a, in, in their electric vehicles yeah. and with the prototype 9 and then you just introduced the prototype 10 which is beautiful by the way thank Got you to see that yesterday at the quail it was awesome <laughs> so um, but looking around here and you see this this stuff you know, like I've always been an, uh, a Nissan and an Infiniti guy, and you know that the the, uh, the M45. Yeah. It's already a classic collectible vehicle, and you know you can't hardly find one in original condition anymore, in good you know shape. So, right. I I know that as the years go and as this progresses and grows bigger, we're going to see more and more of those cars start to pop into this equation. So, what went into the selection of the cars for the first year here? That's a that's a great question. We um we you know. We partnered with Pebble Beach and with uh, with Motor Trend, and between us, we were able to identify cars that represented either some historical moment in time or a significant accomplishment in racing, for instance, or um, or you know it launched a brand. There are some vehicles here, like the Q45, that launched the Infinity brand. There's yes. a, a Lexus LS400 prototype that launched the Lexus brand. So these these vehicles changed the automotive landscape in the U.S. And so um, we just looked for vehicles that we could point to uh, for any given reason of historical significance and brought them together. Oh, that's cool. That's awesome. So the car behind us, the Prototype 9, explain how this came to fruition. Yeah, this is actually just, it's a its a project of passion. The, uh, the Infinity design team and engineers got together and said, what would Infinity's interpretation of a 1940s race car look like? And so that, that was the design direction, but then conversant with that, we brought, we said, well, what if we bring in future technology? And so it's actually an electric vehicle powered by the latest electric vehicle powertrain technology, but the design itself is uh, pays homage to historical design and historical racing. Oh, that's killer. And it's beautiful. I mean, I, I would own this today if it was possible. And then you just introduced 
the Prototype 10. We did. And what's the advancement difference between those two? So the Prototype 10 is also a, um, it's a design exercise, it's a roadster, but it's a design exercise designed to look at the future of Infinity Design. We have the Q Inspiration in our pavilion here that is an example of the next flagship of Infinity. Um, it's what we're particularly excited about. We have the flagship that started it all and we have the future flagship. Nice. And the P10 is another example of the future design direction of Infinity. Oh, right on. Now let's take the folks from Skinmark Show because you know, you guys are all about the cars and the movies and everything else. You've got a very iconic car within this display that uh, a very famous man by Sean Connery yes. has something to do with. So let's go take a look at that. Great. Phil, what a beautiful example of a Toyota 2000 GT. Not just the fact that it was in a movie, but just it's a beautiful example of this vehicle. It's spectacular. We're They're, so thankful for the Peterson Museum for donating this to us. That is incredible. So, um, you know, the Sean Connery DNA is probably still in this vehicle, which <laughs> makes it even worth more, you know? And, it, it is. It's, a, it's amazing that they, you know, they created this vehicle in a convertible just for that movie. Is It's spectacular. Yeah, because this car was never meant to be a convertible. It was always meant to be a coupe. It was. Yeah. Okay, so then they just made this into the convertible just for the movie. Just for the movie, and it had to do, as I understand it, because Sean Connery was so tall that it didn't work as a coupe. So they they, they chopped the top off, but it certainly works, doesn't it? It looks yeah. as if it was designed to be a convertible from the beginning. It does, it does. And this is such a, it's such a neat environment. You look around here and you see all the different Japanese manufacturers all in this pavilion here, right next to Infinity. I mean, you guys have done it just a superb job of representing the, the JDM culture. Here. Yeah, thank you. We're very proud of this. We're very proud to be a part of, of, of Japanese design and Japanese heritage, and, and we think this is a, a great representation. You know, we just launched um, the Infinity QX50 crossover, which is an all-new ground-up design and has many world-first technologies in its own right. It has a, a variable compression turbo engine. Variable, variable compression is a technology that took 20 years to make, and so we've just brought that to market. And uh, it's really a sign of things to come because we're going to be moving uh, our powertrain technology forward very quickly with the ultimate goal of, uh, of electrification uh, in, in just a few years. Oh, okay. And then as far as your, your G-Class cars, you got anything exciting coming out in that line? We're always uh, <laughs> always tweaking and improving. And of course, we have uh, we have examples of our, our Red Sport 400, which uh, for both the, um, the, the, the Q50 and the Q60, which are 400 horsepower and they can get all-wheel drive and they're just fantastic cars yeah oh, wonderful all right phil talk to us about the q45t i mean this is the this is the the one this is the one that's launched the whole brand this is the this is the car that launched the infinity brand it was a, a flagship uh, rear-wheel drive sedan um, a host of unique and innovative technologies it, was, it had a hydraulic suspension that really allowed the car to minimize body roll but still deliver a, a luxurious ride and it was a it was a very unique suspension design for the time oh wow and then there's even an attention to detail even when you look at the door handles and uh, just some of the other features of it in the styling there, there is it's a you know there's an element of Japanese design that's simplistic and purposeful and and, and that really played into this uh, into this car and I think another unique aspect of the car really is is the concept itself it was the first 
attempt for, of a Japanese brand for a full-size luxury car to really compete with the uh, existing brands in the space. And so even, even the, the concept of the car itself was very innovative. Neat. And this is a great example of this car. Where did you find this? Was this in your personal collection? <laughs> Not my, it's, it, was in, it was in Infinity's personal collection. Okay, yes, right. this is our car. That's cool. Anytime you're starting something new, it, it's always like uncharted territory. And then a car that does very well uh, in the Japanese market may not do very well in the US market, but this was a, a, a I want to say it's a crossover, and I mean as far as crossing over oceans, and this car was, established itself very well here in the United States too. These were these sold really well over here they, as well as overseas. They did, and what was unique about uh, Infinity in this car is even though Infinity is a Japanese brand, it was launched in the US, and the US has always been the home base and the source of strength for the Infinity brand because this is where the brand was launched. Nice. Yeah. You heard it here first, guys. Skidmark show. Back at home, I was back at work interviewing more rock stars, and this time it's from a newer band. The band is called From Ashes to New. We're talking with Matt, who's the number one head honcho in the band, and it gets a little confusing because when you're trying to introduce a band whose name is From Ashes to New, you don't say, I've got Matt From Ashes to New on the phone. It's Matt from from ashes to new and after a couple minor technical difficulties well we'll just we'll explain it here it's skidmark show i'm ready man we have adjusted our testicles difficulties gotta adjust those yeah you yeah. always gotta adjust if you don't want to sit on them <laughs> with us on the phone is matt with from ashes to new how are you doing man i'm good you know and i want, I want to commend you on the uh the with from ashes to new a lot of times people will try the from from ashes to new get the from from so, oh. <laughs> nice touch, man. Nice touch. From from. Are there actually people that think your name is Ashes to New? <laughs> a lot of people think our name is Ashes to New. So, it's, it's uh, we got some we got some real diehard fans of actually abbreviated ATN. I'm like, come on, guys. Like, you know who we are. You know, in Vegas, That's you like, pay uh, extra for from from. Uh, you know, Jacoby and Tobin were talking about the from from. Um, <laughs> It's just, it's a thing that, that has, uh, that obviously came with the band name and has been a joke since it's been created. So, um, hindsight, maybe I would have named it Ashes to New. It would have been easy, but <laughs> I named it From Ashes to New, and that's, that's what we have. Well, is From Ashes to New a reference to, I was thinking like a phoenix, you know, which rises from the ashes. Is that what it's about, or what is From Ashes to New? Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the Phoenix is definitely a way to think about it. That wasn't the way that it was thought about when it was created, though. Um, actually, that was brought up as, like, a from a fan. I was like, oh, Phoenix. And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess that makes sense. <laughs> but it was, uh, you know, it was a lyric in a band that it was one of the first lyrics that I had really ever written. It was was uh, um, Bridges Burn from Demons We Grew, We Rise from Ashes to New. And I liked the lyrics so much, and it pertained to my life at that point because I had gone from a very... I was coming from a very bad place. I was actually currently in a very bad place, but was getting the mindset together to get out of that bad place. And uh, it just, it all made sense. It was a perfect storm um, to have that lyric and tie that into a new band that I was creating. And, um, you know, it all came together as from ashes to new. And your next band can be from Demons We Grew. And you can just go backwards. <laughs> Bridges burn. Hey, when you're out on tour with guys, I mean, we've seen Jacoby and Papa Roach live so many times that we have agreed the greatest live frontman in the business today. You got Jesse James Dupree from Jackal, and then at the top you got Jacoby with Papa Roach. How do you compare knowing that he's coming out after you? Well, I mean, I've played before him a few times now, so so I know I know what to expect. <laughs> um, 
but he is he's a ball of energy and it's like you see him and, and even though I'm I'm much younger than him it's like dude like how do you do it and not not just die so you know for me it's it's conditioning because I I know for him it's conditioning um, but I mean you know he's he's an he's an icon in this this side of the industry and I agree with the the best front man I'll tell you what I toured with him and I toured you know with Five Finger Death Punch at the same time a couple years ago and Ivan Moody. He doesn't have the energy that Jacoby has, but he's got this swag um, that he brings to the stage. And it's like the, the two of those guys are two of the best frontmen I've ever seen. If you have Ivan and Jacoby <laughs> having sex with each other, that's you on stage. That's it, man. Energy <laughs> and swag, bro. Now, the band's been going around for about five years now. How weird is it to become a bit of an overnight success with the last single, Crazy? It kind of exploded. Yeah, so, well, I started kind of like, rap we'll call it rapping it wasn't really that because i wasn't really good at it but i started doing that when i was a teenager i was really into rap and then the new metal wave kind of came through with you know lincoln park corn corn was out before that but uh you know you had lincoln park that gotten really big seven dust was there breaking benjamin it came out and that really 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 caught my attention even being a rap fan um so i started playing guitar and i thought i was going to be like this guitarist Overnight, I was like, man, I'm going to be so great at this instrument, and then realized how hard it was. Um, and then eight years later, you know, I was uh, I was ending my local band and starting this band, and this band was just an idea. So, like, you talk about the overnight thing, it was like, it wasn't an idea to be a band because it was only me writing music and then a couple guys, you know, playing either a an instrument or singing. So we put some stuff out on Facebook, and the next thing you know, you know, people just caught it just caught on and they were like wow we we need to create a band and that rubbed some people the wrong way in the industry that had you know been in the industry and i'm not gonna throw any names under the bus but people that have been in the industry for a long time it rubbed them the wrong way because they're like oh these guys didn't pay their dues but like you said you don't see it on wiki but man i i did it for 10 12 years in the local scene before this started to catch on well, and you, uh, you've you been paying your dues. Last time you came through here, you were opening for uh, Mixie and Stitched Up Heart. And now, of course, you've leapfrogged over them with the success of uh, Single Crazy and a couple other tracks. Do you ever look back to those bands that took you out and go, I got to give these guys some more love and take them out with me? Are you looking, next time you go in a headlining tour, are you taking some of those out or are you looking to new faces? Yeah, man. So uh, so first off, I love the Stitched Up Heart guys. They're, they're great friends. Um, we tried to get them on a headlining tour. 2017, we were supposed to do a headlining tour at the beginning of the year, and that's when our singer quit. And uh, we had to cancel the tour. Luckily, Lacey Sturm, being the beautiful soul that she is, took our spot on the tour and was able. the tour was able to go on, so everyone was still able to play, but we weren't able to do it. We tried to get stitched apart for this last tour, but they're in the studio. Um, we tried to get Like a Storm, but that didn't work out. That was the band that we were actually mainly opening for on that tour. Um, but yeah, I mean, as, as we go along, if, if we progress the way that we continue to progress, I would love to, to bring out the bands that we, you know, that have treated us so very well on the come up. I've heard that the single crazy was really more of a thrown together song than something that you'd written already. Is that true? Yeah, man. It was that, it was the day before the studio. Um, well, it was the day before we went back into the studio, we had been in and out, but it was kind of like a last ditch effort to put one more song together. We, uh... We knew, we knew, I mean, let's, let, let, let's be honest here. The, the record label um, at times dictates what they want you to do to, to be able to put out what they feel is going to be a successful single. So we knew what they were looking for um, for the single because the record wasn't, isn't done. In the music industry, the record's not done until they say it's done. 
Mm-hmm. So uh, we knew we were looking for, so we started to put together this song. And it literally was the night before the studio. So we're putting this song together. We're like, man, like, this is good, but we don't know. We felt, you know, our, obviously, our record is, is we, we write all of our stuff. We, we produce all of our stuff. So, like, our record is our baby. So we knew. But when we, when we put Crazy together, we weren't sure. So on the way to the studio, we were talking about it. We got there. Our producer was there. He was also talking about the same thing. And he's like, hey, I came up with this idea. And we're like, oh, cool, we got this idea, too. Um, and he's like, okay, so it's, it's this BPM, it's this, it's this key, and here's the melody idea that I have. And we're like, wait a second. Ours is the same BPM, same key, and we have a very similar melody. So we put the two melodies that we had together, created an entire song. We, we rewrote the chorus, and we used everything that we had for the verses and bridge, and it just fell together in about six hours. With the success of a song like Crazy becoming basically a hit, it's not the 1980s anymore, but you guys now have gone from the smaller kind of club tours to opening for Papa Roach. Have you gotten more crazy backstage party stories that you could share? (laughs) Can you tell any of them on the radio yet? Um, I mean, honestly, I don't think it's as crazy as it once was back, like you were saying, like, you know, like in the 80s or even the early 90s or even the early 2000s, I think things are a lot different. Um, th- this side of the industry is not as crazy as the rap side of the industry. We'll say that because it seems as if people just, you know, want to want to bag on us more than they want to party with us sometimes. But uh, the P. Roach guys like to play sports, so so we've done some numbers on some dressing rooms playing sports. You know, if you know what I mean. <laughs> well, next time you're out with Five Finger Death Punch, you need to talk to Jeremy because trust me, the parties are still happening. Just get with him. Hey, Matt, thanks for taking the time to call in and enjoy your run with Papa Roach. We will see you on stage soon, brother. Yeah, man, it's gonna be good. We we can't wait either. And, and this is this is the first time that we're playing with Papa Roach in, in the last several years. So mm. I hit Jacoby up, and he, he's excited too, man. So I thought I'd throw that out there. Everyone's jacked to get out there and tear it up. Thank you so much, Matt, from Ashes to New. We'll see you soon, buddy. All right, thanks a lot. If you're not already a fan of Skidmark Show on all the social medias, Facebook, Instagram, and even our YouTube channel, make sure that you become a fan today. We will be emceeing the Shell Pioneering Performance Booth number 6005 from the SEMA Show in Las Vegas 2018. Live bands from Lee Rocker, Svet from America's Got Talent, and the Garage Boys with Aaron Hagar, plus freebies and celebrity interviews from Joey Logano, NHRA drivers Leah Pritchett, Antron Brown, Ron Capps, Matt Hagan, and more. Your favorite celebrity TV show personality and car reveals all week long from the Jeff Allen Volvo and many more. Follow Skidmark Show now on our Facebook page, Instagram, and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel too. For digital links to everything Skidmark Show, go to skidmarkshow.com. Download us free on iTunes, SoundCloud, Podbean, CastBox, and anywhere you get your podcasts. Skidmark Show emceeing the pioneering performance booth live from SEMA in Las Vegas 2018 is coming at you soon. Skidmark Show, it's your favorite one-night stand with no walk of shame the day after. Stream us, download us, like us, share us, and give us five-star reviews everywhere you go. Skidmark Show, powered by Pixel.